The opinions expressed on this program may be considered offensive, crude, or politically incorrect. They are merely those of the speakers and not of the affiliates and or sponsors. Welcome to the 30th episode of Multiple Perspectives, the podcast where we explore controversial issues from many points of view. Coming up on today's episode, the current state of Cuba and its relation to the U.S. I'm your host, Kay, and joining me is Fidel Castro's personal assistant, Joe. Joe, how's it going? I'm doing wonderful. How is everybody else doing? <laughs> are, are you Fidel Castro's personal assistant? No, actually, my middle name... It is. <laughs> Starts with a C. It is Castro. It is Castro. <laughs> that's that's an unfortunate name to have. But if you were Castro's personal assistant, what do you, what do you think the day to day responsibilities would be? Getting him his food, or maybe writing his speeches. I don't know. You know, I if Starbucks had a drink for him, it'd be called the Communist Cappuccino. Communist <laughs> <laughs> you know, but they wouldn't call it Starbucks. They call it communist books or something like that <laughs> all right so on today's episode that's exactly what we're going to talk about you know cuba has been in the news lately on top of isis and bombings and all that stuff and suddenly cuba is in the talks you know we we haven't talked about cuba since middle school high school uh actually we talked about it in our last uh last season well, well i mean in the news i think so i mean we as a country oh, in the news yeah Nah, we kind of talked about it a little bit last year well, about opening up Cuba. Yeah, there and, is like, that. Guantanamo Bay. Guantanamo Bay, that's right. So um, before we head into the news on this episode, do you just want to give a general high-level outline of uh, you know the current past stories of Cuba? How about, how about the past decades in Cuba and its relation to uh, our government? Cuba, Cuba always had uh, F- Fidel Castro as their dictator leader and his brother took over i think a couple of years ago so i think fidel's uh he's bedridden right now he's sick and he let his brother take over the country so and that's that's Raul and, castro right yeah Raul castro right so fidel is like one of the original revolutionaries in cuba yeah he's he's, he's the guy who uh, helped take over cuba with the guy on the t-shirt the che, che Guevara, yeah. Thing. Okay, so that, <laughs> that guy's on mugs and t-shirts, and that's completely opposite to what he was fighting for. Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? So, if you really look as I, I at his ideology, oh. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It's completely against putting things on mugs and t-shirts, and you know, you got a hot topic now, and who's on those t-shirts? Che Guevara, and nobody knows who that is, by the way. It's just the guy on a t-shirt. Recently, Cuba's in the news because of Obama's visit to Cuba. Is that right? That's correct. And this is the first time that an American president has uh, visited Cuba, and I can't remember the number, 60 years or something like that? Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, it has. It has. Um, so that's the type of story that we're going to cover on today's episode. But to kick us off, uh, another story that's been in the news is the uh, attacks in Paris. Or is it Brussels? Or is that the same thing? No, no. In Brussels, Belgium. <laughs> French, Paris, Belgium. Paris a couple, couple months ago. So Okay, so do you want to go over exactly what happened and why it's important? So last Tuesday, there was explosions. There was a suicide bomber 
inside the Brussels airport. There were about 10 people that were killed and 230 were injured. Some are saying that this is connected to the Paris attacks. It's like a 9-11 attack too, so... Okay, so after hearing about that and after the world hearing about I mean, you know, well, during those Paris attacks, the whole world stood with France. That was the thing, right? Hashtag stand with France or something like that. Stand with, a lot of people have stood with France and a lot of people changed their Facebook picture. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, flag of France. And we changed, I don't know, lights at the Pentagon or the White House or something to match the, uh, the French flag. And uh, Australia changed that weird symphony looking uh, whatever auditorium thing it is they changed the colors on that too so for this one i think we as a nation did the same thing you told me before the show that isis has claimed that this is their attack what is their they, goal they claim it. what's isis overall goal well not the overall goal that's everyone knows that that's kill anyone who isn't them but what what is the goal of these little attacks little relatively it's to cause fear Amongst the citizens of Western countries, but are they that. are they not I, causing uh, a more united global uh, community? Because they're get, they're attacking people, and not, not really because people once once people are afraid, uh, their politics get divided in their own country. Okay, so I've never this seen comes that into happen like before. the immigration thing. I've never seen politics get divided before, <laughs> <laughs> especially in America. That never happens. Yeah, it never happens. We're always singing. So then the article that uh, is on NY Circle. Times here, it, it also says that uh, police in four countries have made arrests. And those arrests are in regards to uh, ISIS members or, or is it just people who are involved in the bombing? Involved in the bombing. So the, the article in New York Times says, the police in at least four countries arrested new suspects during the weekend in the Paris and Brussels terrorist attacks. So... The Paris and the Brussels attacks, they believe it's connected to each other. So the police were able to track down some people of interest that are connected to ISIS. So uh, w what is the next big step for the world here in terms of preventing these attacks and exactly finding out, you know, why these attacks happen? Or is that not important at all? Well, right now, the response in Belgium is there's these right wing, what do you call them, right wing conservative protesters that came out today this new york times article talked about them going and marching on the streets being anti-immigration anti-muslim coming into the country because of these attacks a lot of that is going on in today's world like with donald trump talking about anti-immigration anti-muslim okay so as as a, as a you know a millennial as is what they call us that's what they call us as a millennial, what, what does this story mean to people like us? Since we're the young voters, we have to decide the direction our country is going to go to voting for immigration laws and whether we should allow so many newcomers into your country or our country. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not that and black and white. I, I, I was taking one of those Facebook quizzes. It was, it was uh, who's... Whose ideas do you stand behind the most? Or who's, you know, which politician do you match with the most? And it had about 15 questions about immigration, global warming and all that. And it was yes, no, or other. Please specify. For every single question I answered, guess which one I picked? Other. And then if you, if you click mm -hmm. other, it gives you like a drop down menu. Yeah. And there are about 15 other choices to make. 
So that just goes to show that, uh, you know, things are not black and white. It's not, oh yeah, yes to immigration or, or no to immigration. It's, it's, it's just not that simple, you know? Um, and th- that's what a lot of liberals think that it's that simple. Well, that, that's what's happening in Europe right now and in America. So you have a big debate. This is the big conversation, especially with Trump is whether you should allow immigrants to come in or let's protect our country because these attacks are happening. So in Europe, there's a big flux of refugees coming from the Middle East, those in Syria, North Africa. There, a lot of them are flooding into Europe. Well, well, Here in America... When you talk about protecting your country in terms of immigration, there's a big implication that's being made right there that immigrants have a higher chance of being... What's the, what's the famous word that's said in America all the time? Terrorists. Yeah, that's what they're saying, that immigrants could bring in terrorists. Not all of them are terrorists, but that's kind of like Trump's campaign where we need to protect our borders because if we don't protect our borders, whoever comes in, even illegally, could be a terrorist and attack us. Well, then there's that. Those are illegal immigrants. But, you know, uh, the other I'm not going to get into this now, but I feel a lot of Trump hate going on here from your end. So let's just take a a quick break before uh, we head back into more Cuba news. And, um, you know, one interesting thing to note in these communist countries, quote unquote, is the the state of the Internet. And uh, imagine imagine a world where you don't have Internet. Imagine growing up without Internet. Could you do that? I think we did, man. Did we? I think we did. I think you did. I didn't. Really? <laughs> no. Midway, midway, we, we saw the internet happen. When you come back from this first break here, let's dive a little deeper into some Cuba news. You know, most people who are covering Cuba, they talk about uh, the political unrest, but uh, let's talk about the lack of the internet. You're listening to Multiple Perspectives. Stay with us. So with the president's visit to Cuba, what's also following him is the internet going to Cuba. So there's this blog from the internet. Is it is it the internet's following so Obama? Is that the implication? Is it is Obama bringing the internet to Cuba? Is it in a box? No, he's not. Is it in a box? No. And he gifts it no, to no. Raul. No, it's not. Like a bow on top. The internet. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well on, on serious news here, I found this blog spot, as you mentioned. I'm, I wasn't even sure people had blog spots. Uh, so this is written by unknown. I don't see a name anywhere, but it was just published last Friday, and it's titled The Internet in Cuba. Well, actually, this whole blog is titled The Internet in Cuba. 
And I'm not sure what that means exactly, but this is one of the first things that came up when I looked up Cuba Internet. And uh, it's written about Obama's recent trip, like you mentioned, and internet-related announcements. So this uh, writer writes that uh, last month, he or she speculated about possible internet-related announcements that might have been made with uh, uh, Obama's visit to the nation. And, you know, nothing came up when they did a search. But recently, there have been changes that have been announced. So... Of two of the changes, two that were important is that Cuban origin software is now authorized for importation into the United States. Now let's pause for a minute and talk about that. What does that imply for the future of U.S. Cuba business? Cuba might end up becoming more capitalist instead of communist. Well, you know that's interesting because later we're going to talk about Alex Jones. And uh, he does bring up that that Obama compares capitalism and communism, and he says there's no difference. No difference at all. No difference at <laughs> no difference at all. And uh, you can imagine what kind of reaction he got from that. But to head back to this uh, Cuba internet story, uh, another important part of the announcement is that uh, non-immigrant Cuban nationals in the United States will be permitted to earn a salary consistent with their visa status. U.S. companies are now authorized to sponsor or hire Cuban nationals to work and uh, perform in the U.S. So you know who's not going to like that is Donald Trump. Uh, But it's happening now. And, uh, you know, this clears the way for Cuban apps in Google, Apple, uh, Microsoft stores, as well as outsourcing. Uh, and Verizon actually announced that they will provide direct telephone connections to Cuba. And what does that mean? Did Cuba not have a phone line? Is that is that what that means? They probably had a phone line, but it wasn't. It didn't go anywhere. It was just in the nation. Cuba probably had their own phone line created by Fidel Castro himself. So another thing is Silicon Valley payments startup Stripe, which I've heard of that. I've never used it. Uh, they, they, they're making it possible for uh, Cuban entrepreneurs to have access to the U.S. financial system. So this means Cubans can make U.S. companies set up a U.S. bank account and start accepting payments from the U.S. Uh, PayPal is expecting to bring Assume or Zoom. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. It's uh, their global money transfer service to, to, to Cuba and Priceline subsidiary booking.com is offering reservations now in Cuban hotels for Americans. So if you want that, uh, you know, two week vacation to Cuba, a country that was uh, a communist a few decades ago, a uh, Priceline negotiator. New commercial on TV. Yeah. Priceline. Check out Cuba. Airbnb. New place to discover. Well, they have not. Pre- they have not announced anything yet, so I don't want to throw their name into there. And we're going to get sued if you do that. Pretty sure. Oh. We're gonna get sued. <laughs> so, uh, one, you know, tech giant Google have uh, actually announced that they would offer free. They would offer, and they have not offered yet. They would offer free high-speed internet access to Cubans at a technology center. Um, so it's, there is internet in Cuba now, but you know, if you read around on the internet, it's very limited. 
It's basically internet that uh, we had more than a decade ago. There are certain Wi-Fi hotspots. Um, I think there's about 60 in the entire country last I read. And these hotspots are now becoming hubs for younger people, even though the connection is limited. You can, you can go on there, but you know, as soon as two other people hop on, it slows down to a crawl. So that is the state of the internet in Cuba. But back then, before all this started getting rolled out, there was something called Al Paquette, which I was telling you about before the show. What would you think of when I told you about this? I thought it was a food group. El, El Paquette, a food group. <laughs> it was a food group. So it's that's not, what I, it's, that's it's, what it sounded like. It's not a food group. It's actually something that was passed around, you know, kind of in the underground black market in Cuba. It's also known as the weekly package. It's a collection of things uh, that are related to digital materials, TV series, uh, soap operas, music, newspapers, YouTube clips. And uh, this is something that was circulated in the black market and people would pay for this. But most people who paid for it wanted a little part of it and uh, it sold for as much as one US dollar. But uh, nobody knows who made it. Nobody knows who put it together. However, the lack of pornographic material in it made people theorize that the Cuban government actually had something to do with it. Now, let's say that's, let's pretend that's true for a second here. Why would the Cuban government start handing out information that they would, uh, you know, consider classified to their own citizens? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe they want the people to figure out who they truly are. Never heard of government doing that. Well, you know, every, every organization has the one person who wants to break it up. So uh, that person may be the one who, well, let's pretend, that's not even a, you know, that's just theory, but, you know, that's just something to think about. But uh, if you want to read more about the internet in Cuba, this is just really strange news to people who are aged. You know, you can't imagine uh, living without internet. So I, I thought, I, I think this is the most interesting aspect of, of this whole Cuban story right now is the fact that the internet's slowly being rolled out to its youth. And uh, what do you think is going to happen when everybody gets their hand on the internet in Cuba? They're going to start doing shows like this. <laughs> multiple, multiple Cuban perspectives. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Does this imply that uh, there are going to be uh, more Cuban cigars in America now? I don't know about that. <laughs> well, you know, some people are looking forward to that. Not me, of course, but uh, some it people. Might, it, 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 might, it might imply that there's going to be more Starbucks in Cuba. I don't know about the cigars. Yeah, going if it goes either. one way, it goes the other. But to move along to uh, the big part of uh, the recent happenings in Cuba, Obama's Cuba visit in particular. So this story comes to us from bbc.com. It's written by Will Grant and it's just an overview of the Obama visit and what it means for the people of the US and the people of Cuba. So reading through this, what do you think were the most interesting parts of uh, Will Grant's writing here? What was interesting is Raul Castro let the press ask him questions. You know, usually a dictator, he doesn't he kind of wants to regulate what he's asked. So he was asked stuff like, 
you know, there's human rights problems in your country, what you're going to do about it. But then he got defensive. Rule. Yeah, he said, he said, what, what, what uh, political prisoners? Give me a name of a political prisoner and I'll let him go. Well, you know, that question had nothing to do with political prisoners. Nowhere in that question, it stated political prisoners. But that's what he heard. <laughs> so <laughs> there's probably some political prison, prisoners somewhere out there. Another interesting thing is Obama brought his whole family, not just his wife. He brought his girls and the mother-in-law. And he was joking about how, you know, they're teenagers. They don't want to go with their parents anywhere except this trip. This is something that they did not want to miss out on. So that goes to show that, you know, Obama's kids are uh, relatively more educated than the usual 16, 15-year-old. They did go to private school. They did. They did. But that doesn't mean anything, Joe. That just means they went to private school. <laughs> so, uh, like you mentioned, Roel Castro was prepared to, 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 you know, let him be eaten up by the media. But I, I think that question really just ruined it for him um, and the way he responded. But uh, what do you think is Obama's intentions of visiting Cuba? And what do you think he wants to portray to the American people? Obama's visit is kind of like, hey, we're, we could be friends again, or we, we could open up and, and, and do business together. It's like Obama didn't have to visit, but it's like uh, when Nixon visited China during the Cold War. Right. So uh, Obama states himself that he's come there to bury the remnant of the Cold War in the Americas. So this is his way of burying the hatchet on behalf of the American people. And I can't imagine how many people disagree with him because some people can't just let go of the past. But uh, he says he knows the history but refuses to be trapped by it. And uh, he didn't avoid being vague or anything, you know. He uh, says that he does believe the Cuban citizens should speak, should be able to speak free uh, of their mind without fear. And, um, you know, if he says that to Raul Castro, that means he really wants Raul Castro to do it. But will the new Castro do it? This is going to divide a lot of people who are Cuban American or, or descendants of people who grew up with. Uh, you know, Fidel Castro and Che Guevara going through the country and taking over. So you're going to have anti-Cuban relations with America and pro opening up with Cuban America. It will soon be down to Barack Obama's and Raul Castro's replacements to see if they can reach the new bar for this relationship. So it's not going to be in uh, completely in Raul Castro's hands. It's going to be his replacement and um, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let, let's take another quick break here before we head back and go into a story that's a little more, how should I say this nicely, right wing than uh, the stories we usually cover. Uh, this one's going to be coming from InfoWars and our favorite American character, Alex Jones. You're listening to Multiple Perspectives. Don't go anywhere.
So coming from our favorite, favorite host, Alex Jones, Infowars.com, there's an article titled Obama. There is little difference between communism and capitalism. Choose from what works. Yeah, but that set of statements, which one is is displayed bigger? Choose from what no, works. No, that, that one's displayed smaller. It's, it's the, there's no difference between communism and capitalism. That's really what they wanted to, uh, you know, they wanted to spit that in your face so that you'd click it. So if you click it, which I did, it's an article written by Paul Joseph Watson, which is, you know, one of uh, Alex Jones' cronies or whatever it is. It goes exactly into what the title implies. So it's a speech that Obama uh, delivered recently to an audience of Argentinian youth. And all that InfoWars pulled from this speech is that statement. Now, what does that say about uh, their opinions of Obama and uh, the current stories happening in Cuba? They disagree with what he's doing. I mean, I mean there was a cut of the... Of the of what he said, it wasn't a full speech, so... Exactly, that's something they, they, they call cherry-picking in the industry. It's to pick what uh, agrees with your position best. Um, so they did insert a few quotes in from uh, Obama's statements. Uh, another one was, uh, there, So often in the past, there has been a division between left and right, between capitalists and communists or socialists, and especially in the Americas. That's been a big debate. And then it goes on to say, you know, oh, there's no difference between uh, capitalism and communism. So, Joe, what, what, what are your th final, you know, your overall thoughts about this article? And uh, is this article something that should be read by the public? It should be read, but it should be cautioned to what message they're trying to say. What they're saying is true. What Alex Jones is trying to say is that... Communism leads to a dictatorship from the message that I got from this article and the video that he posted with it. Communism isn't the same as capitalism and that communism will end up leading to a dictator taking over and killing thousands of people. If you do read this story or any story for that matter from InfoWars, take it with a grain of salt. And you know, it's not that we disagree with Alex Jones, it's that we find him the funniest. And, uh, you know, he's my favorite source to read about Donald Trump. That goes to say a lot. But uh, that wraps up uh, this episode, basically, of Multiple Perspectives. We're trying to keep episodes more short. If you didn't listen to our relaunch statement, uh, please do. It goes over in detail what we've been doing and what we plan for the future of this show. This one was more of a focused one. We will be running shows where we do a slew of random controversial stories as we did in the past but as for this week that wraps up the news as your host k i'm signing off as assistant of raul castro joe signing off
we go. This article. Oh, you came in. Oh. Too, you came in way too hard. All right.